Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back. Yours truly, Deborah Spears here again with another episode, all things health related, related to your health, wellness, fitness, everything that's important to all of us. We don't have our health right and nothing else is going to matter. So today is another topic on nutrition the prevention of diabetes, if you don't have it, the management of diabetes, and if you do, I'm going to start with a little disclaimer today and talk to you about staying in communication. Regular communication with your doctor is an absolute must and not to replace anything that you're currently doing with your doctor. Have conversations, open dialogue with your doctor about everything that I share with you today. And if you're interested in knowing a little bit about me, feel free to check out my bio. It is on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can go to DebraSpears.com and message me directly and I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. I'm so excited to be here today. I love talking about this. It's so important to me that we understand the connection with our nutrition and our health And so many people struggle with diabetes, people even that don't even know they have diabetes, but they're still struggling with the same symptoms that a diabetic would have, but they're not getting treatment for it. That's why this subject today is so important to me. Hang with me because even if you're not a diabetic, I know if you're listening to me right now, you know someone who is, friend, family, co-worker, because there are so many people with diabetes, so many people with pre-diabetes, and so many people that don't even know they have diabetes. Sugar is so prevalent. It's the thing that leads so many down the road of diabetes. And that's why I like to talk about it today. My goal is to help people get on track with their health and wellness, understand the relationship between their nutrition and how they can improve their health by focusing more on their nutrition. And so I'm, that's what I'm excited to share with you. Today, I've got, I'm going to break this down to three, top, three areas. We're going to start with, I want to talk about insulin. Please hang with me, even though I'm talking about insulin and you're not on insulin, I know. But you know someone who is. I'm going to talk about insulin because I want people to understand that even if you're not on insulin, your body is making insulin because we need insulin. So that's the important thing. I'm going to, we're going to get back to that in a little bit, but I'm going to talk to you about insulin. Even if you're not a diabetic, hang on in here. The second thing I'm going to talk about is hemoglobin A1C. And if you don't know what that is, all the more reasons to stay with me. If you do, We're going to talk about some things that you may not have thought of before, and that is the thing that you need to know in order to prevent type 2 diabetes, and I'm going to explain that a little more as well. The last thing I'm going to talk about is weight loss. Everybody wants to talk about that. Everybody wants to talk about weight loss. No matter what, what's going on with you, the the whole diet thing, the gym, the, the whole, even though... Uh, We have all these different programs and places to go. People are still struggling with their weight. But I'm going to talk to you in a different spin with weight loss because I want to talk to you about weight loss if you're not a diabetic and weight loss if you're a diabetic. It's different. It is not the same. 
And when I roll all this package together, I'm going to call this the 80-20 rule. And you're going to understand what that 80-20 rule is before we get to the end. Another reason to stay with me. So let's get started. I'm happy to be here with you. And I'm so excited that you're listening to me right now. Please message me if you have any questions after this episode. The first thing we're going to talk about today is insulin. Insulin is the first thing we're going to talk about. How that insulin is used in your body. Our body makes insulin. Yeah. So our body, there is just an amazing thing. It can do all these things for us if we just let it. Our body makes insulin in order for us to use that insulin to convert the carbohydrates that we can consume into energy. And we need that energy to do daily things from thinking, reading, to physical activity and everything in the doing your math and everything in the middle. You need the energy. You need the carbohydrates. It's food for your body, your brain, all of that. When your body is making the insulin, it knows exactly what you need, when you need it, how much, and it works. It works up until a point. Here's the rub. If we dump so many carbohydrates on our body that is working overtime to convert those carbohydrates into energy, then our bodies, it's, it's like a car, a transmission in a car. It's, it burns out. There's so much, you're giving it too much to do. And so then we start storing some of the carbohydrates in the form of fat usually right where we don't want it, like right around the middle. And at some point, it just stops making the insulin. So that's the first thing, understanding that our bodies make insulin. When it stops making insulin, that's when your doctor prescribes insulin for you. Yeah. So now you have to take the injections of insulin to replace the insulin that your body is not long, no longer able to make because you're still eating. You have to eat. You need the energy to live. So you need to break those carbohydrates into energy. And so you're taking energy in, insulin by way of an injection in order to do that. That's the first thing. Understand the relationship between insulin. There's insulin that your body makes and there's insulin that you inject. As long as your body is making enough insulin to do what it needs to do to convert your carbohydrates into energy, you're good. Once you start working it too hard and it burns out, now you have to replace it with insulin in the form of injections. The second thing I want to talk to you about, I'm keeping that in your head, keeping that in your front center, <laughs> stay with me, is the hemoglobin A1C. Now, if you're not a diabetic yet, you consume a lot of sugar products, you consume a lot of uh, carbohydrates that have a high concentration of sugar, processed foods, etc. And your body is working really hard to make that insulin. It's really working for you. It's really working for you. It's trying to make that insulin, but it's getting tired. You're working it too hard. But you don't know that because you don't have your hemoglobin A1C checked. You have to have your hemoglobin A1C checked regularly to know when you're in trouble. And what the hemoglobin A1C tells you is 
My body's still making insulin. That's a good thing. But it's slowing up a little bit. It's struggling. It's working really hard. I'm working it too hard. The number will tell you that. Your hemoglobin A1C number tells you a range of what your blood sugar is. It gives your doctor a picture of whether you are at approaching that pre-diabetic state. It's like you're like here and diabetes is right here. You're not there yet, but you're, get, you're getting very close and we need to do something to stop that in its tracks. Okay, so that's the hemoglobin, the benefit of having your hemoglobin A1C check. If you don't take anything else away from this episode today, listen, hearing my voice, and you have not had your hemoglobin A1C check, please do. And if you know other people who are friends or family that have it, please tell them to have it checked. And please have them ask questions of their doctor to explain exactly what that means and what I need to do to prevent type 2 diabetes from ever coming, even if it's in your family. If you know what that hemoglobin A1C is, you can stop it in its tracks if you know what to do. And that is making adjustments to your diet, the way you eat, how you eat, how much you eat. And that takes me to the third part of our conversation today, which is about food, weight loss. What I call the 80-20 rule is when you're trying to lose weight, the 80-20 rule is applied to a lot of things, but right here I'm applying it in that 80% of what you're doing to lose weight has to do with the food you consume. 20%, 80-20. That's what I want you to take from this. 80% what you eat, 20% your physical activity. If you flip it, it won't work. Even though you see ads and commercials and social media things where people are in the gym telling you what they did to lose weight, they spent 80% of their energy in the kitchen. They're just not sharing that with you. They adjust their portions. They adjust the type of food. They don't eat junk food, processed foods. Those are the things that you have to do if you're trying to lose weight and make a permanent lifestyle change where you are permanently on the good side of your health. Three things. Understanding the insulin, what you make or what you have to take, understanding what your blood levels, blood sugar levels are with the hemoglobin A1C before you become a diabetic, and then understanding how food is first always. What you eat is first, your physical activity comes after that, 80-20. Now let's talk about the food because there is a rub if you're already a diabetic. I know I'm breaking this up into pre-diabetic, already a diabetic, or you don't even know you're a diabetic. So there are the three categories. And the population is, there are the large percentage of people today who are diabetic and don't know they're diabetic. 
they don't either don't see a doctor regularly or they're not having their blood work drawn regularly and they have these symptoms and they don't know that they are the symptoms of being a diabetic. The other group are the pre-diabetics who don't know that they're pre-diabetic at the point when they can actually turn it around because they don't have their hemoglobin A1Cs checked regularly by their doctor. They don't understand what the hemoglobin A1C is and how it can literally save you from becoming a type 2 diabetic. And then that third group who's already a diabetic, but you're not able to manage it. You're not managing it well. You're having a lot of episodes where you're either hypoglycemic or hyperglycemic, meaning your blood sugar is too low or too high. And that's because, as I said earlier, your body makes insulin up until it can't do it anymore. And then you have to have injections. Here's the rub for a diabetic. Once your body, when your body is making the insulin, it knows exactly what to do. Our bodies are amazing things. It knows exactly how much you need. And when you take the carbohydrates in, your body is working to do that until you overwork it and it burns out. When it burns out and you're doing the injection, now it's all on you. You and your doctor have to figure out how much insulin do I need for the amount of carbohydrates I consume? Well, we all know that we don't consume the same amount of carbohydrates every single day, right? And some days it's more than others. A birthday, a Mother's Day, which is coming up, a dining out. So your body needs the insulin to convert the carbohydrates into, into energy, but you have to know how much insulin to give it. It's not going to tell you like when it was making its own. Now you have to figure it out, which means you have to be in constant communication with your doctor, which means you have to keep track of what you're eating, how much, and the types of food. And when you get a prescription for insulin, everything I'm telling you Please make a note and have a conversation with your doctor and ask all the questions. When you are taking insulin, you don't get one prescription that stays with you forever because your diet is going to change. As you age, you're going to eat things differently. On any given day, if you're about to go to your class reunion for 20 years and you try to lose 20 pounds and you're still taking the insulin the way the doctor prescribed, you may be taking more insulin than you need because you cut back on your intake, but you haven't cut back on the insulin. Well, the insulin was prescribed to you based on the amount of carbohydrates that you were reported to be taking at the time it was prescribed. So your blood levels and what you tell your doctor is what they use to determine how much insulin to prescribe to you. And when you make adjustments on your own and your doctor's not aware of it, you could have a problem. So you don't wanna make adjustments without having conversations with your doctor. And by the way, while we're on the subject, just let me, I know that when you go to doctor, you only have a short amount of time with your doctor because I've, I've spent years working with them. So I know there's a limited time. You have to make notes of the questions you have for your doctor before you go. And if, even if you forget and you don't ask all the questions, call back 
once you leave the office. Don't have a prescription that you don't know what it's for and just take it. Call back and ask questions. Even if you don't talk to him or her, you can leave a message. Someone will get back with you with your answers. The other thing is have conversations with your pharmacist. Have conversations with your pharmacist about everything you're prescribed to. And if you have multiple doctors, make sure that every prescription from all of the doctors go through one pharmacist so the pharmacist knows everything you're taking. Some things don't work with other things. Yeah. And, and to add to that, if you're dieting, some foods don't work well with some medications. So that's why you have to have this open dialogue conversation constantly in communication with your health provider. Never think you're being a bother or a burden. That's why they're there. That's why you have, that's why you're, they're, they're un, you're under their care. And that's literally what it means. You're under their care. So ask questions, call back with more questions, keep records, write things down so that you know what you want to ask. And if anything looks unusual to you, ask. Ask the pharmacist. If you get a prescription filled and it doesn't look like the one you had before, ask questions. Don't just take things. Ask questions. Your weight loss is going to have an effect on your medications in several ways. When you stop eating certain foods, when you cut back on foods and you're taking insulin, if you're a diabetic, the rub with insulin is, and this is very hard for most diabetics, it is so, so hard for diabetics to lose weight. It is so hard. And nobody tells them how hard it is because you just kind of beat up on them because they're not cutting back on the food that you told them to cut back on. Insulin stimulates your appetite. Yeah, that's the rub. You have to take insulin because you're a diabetic if you didn't identify it in a pre-diabetic state. I'm hoping that while I'm having this conversation, I'm actually getting to somebody who's asking themselves the question in the back of their mind, am I pre-diabetic and I just don't know it? Have I had my hemoglobin A1C? Do I need to have a conversation with my doctor? And the answer is probably yes. So even though if you're having that conversation, but for the diabetic who's taking insulin and has been prescribed insulin, know that insulin stimulates your appetite. Yeah. So if your appetite is stimulated every time you have insulin and you're also in an environment where they have uh, muffins and bagels and cheesecake and all those kind of things at the office desk, at the nurse's station or wherever you work, uh, candy machines everywhere through the building, understand that insulin stimulates your appetite. What you have to do when you're taking insulin is eat healthy food went right after whatever your timeline is. If you have a within 30 minute window from the time you take your insulin, do not skip a meal and then wait until you get into the office because you're going to grab the stuff that one of the other staff bought a whole cheesecake and left it on the desk in the kitchen and at the workstation. I've been there. I've seen it all. There's some of the craziest things that will show up right when you're not supposed to be eating it. 
have your oatmeal before that happens. All of those things are, that are all around you, the candy machines, uh, because it's one, the sugar is addictive. I'll say it again because it's painful, but sugar is addictive. It's like a drug. And the more you're exposed to it, the more you want. So if you're a diabetic and sugar is addictive and you already have taken so much of it that you actually now need insulin and insulin stimulates your appetite. You're thinking, you know what? I need to just give up. No, don't. There's a way. You just have to get with someone and get a real serious plan on how you take the time of day you take your food, the time you take your insulin. Specifically, what food should you be eating with this insulin? When you take your insulin, what should you have that is going to satisfy that hunger that the insulin stimulated and not leave you with cravings for more sugar until the next meal? And if you decide that you can take less in because you're trying to lose weight for some reason, have regular conversations with your doctor so you can find out whether or not your insulin needs to be adjusted to correspond with the adjustments that you're making to your diet so you don't get in trouble and somebody has to call paramedics for you. Yeah. So those are the three things I wanted to cover today with you. I want everybody to understand the relationship between insulin, the insulin your body makes, or the insulin you have to take uh, by way of an injection, is used to convert the carbohydrates you, can, you consume into energy. We can let our bodies do it naturally. If we, if we stay away from excessive amounts of sugar, and that's sugar in everything. Sugar is added so many places that you, um, you have to read every single label. And I don't want to start on reading labels again because that is huge for me. Read the back labels. Don't read the front labels. The front label is marketing. The front label is marketing. It's kind of like the gym rats that you see with the weights when they're not telling you that 80% of it is in the kitchen. It's marketing. The back label, which tells you how many grams of sugar is in a serving and then how many servings is in that bottle or can. It's like, whoa, there's as much sugar in orange juice as there is in a Mountain Dew. Really? Yes. Same sugar, gonna do the same damage to your body. So understanding the, where the sugar is hidden, the amount of it you're consuming, and what could you have had in place of that, like a whole fruit. Yeah, like natural foods, just the way Mother Nature made it for you. That's what I want people to take away. Insulin, knowing what your hemoglobin A1C is, even if you don't think you're a pre-diabetic now, if you like sweets, if you're somebody that carries candy bars with you to work, if you're somebody that goes through the snack aisle, and you say you're buying it for the kids, here's the thing. It's not good for the kids either. It's not good for the kids either. And they learn from you. So we don't do that. And 
Understanding the 80-20 rule. Hopefully somebody is taking something good away from this conversation today. Uh, I am trying my very best to share healthy information about reading labels, about measuring the amount of carbohydrates you consume every day, whether you're plant-based, vegan, vegetarian, or meat lover, meat eater, or in transition between one or the other, going back, what does matter? Call it whatever you want. Just understanding that the amount of carbohydrates you consume on a, on a daily basis directly affects whether or not you're able to manage type 2 diabetes if you have it, or prevent it if you don't. Knowing what your hemoglobin A1C is, still get your workout in. I like a good workout, but I just want you to understand that that's only 20% of the battle. 80% is what you consume, the food you eat. Please message me if you have any questions. I love to talk. I'm on, uh, on Facebook. I'm on YouTube, Instagram. Uh, I do have a Twitter account, um, but most of my information as far as recipes and information like that is on Instagram, YouTube, and I have a Facebook group as well. I also have a book on Amazon, which is uh, I have Seven Lean Expert Secrets, and you can just search for me, Deborah Spears, all the social media platforms. If you just search Deborah Spears, you'll find me. And, or my webpage, which is DebraSpears.com. I love to talk. Please send me questions. Subscribe if you're listening to me now on YouTube. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Yeah, please send me comments. I love that. And um, check out all of my images that I have on Instagram. And I am so happy to have this conversation with you. If I just, If there's one person that actually... Here's my message, and you either do something to help yourself or you, do, or you do something to help someone else. It's a wonderful thing, and I will, have, I will feel like I've done um, what I set out to do. Thank you so much for listening. Until the next time, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Bye.